You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. This is Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. Mike Fratello, color analyst, Clippers, Cavaliers, former NBA head coach with the Hawks, Cavs, and the Grizzlies. I'm Jeff Phelps. Worked with Mike for years. Love doing this with him. It's an awful lot of fun. The Cavs and the Lakers on Tuesday night, Mike, LeBron James in town. A nice video tribute to LeBron. Good reception from LeBron. Um, all the animosity. You know, folks still wish he was in Cleveland. But the animosity is gone, and that's nice to see. He played well, as we'd all expect. 21 points, 17 rebounds, 4 assists. I, I want to talk about LeBron here. He's now in his 20th season. He'll be 38 at the end of this month, Mike. And a lot of guys, most guys, when they, when they hit their late 30s, you start to see a drop off a little bit. He's averaging 25 points a game or more for his 19th straight season. He's over nine rebounds a game, 6.4 assists per game. And he just keeps doing it. And pretty soon he's going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the leading scorer in NBA history. Are you surprised that at the age of 38 here on December 30th, he's still playing at the level he's playing at, Mike? It's like one of those seals that they put a stamp on cars that would have a body built for greatness. And he's been blessed with with an engine and with a frame that he has put time and money to keep it in the best possible shape it can be in so that it runs and it functions at a very high level. Remember those 20 years you mentioned, Jeff, they're not like four years sitting on the bench getting eight minutes a night. No. From basically day one, he's come in, he's played heavy minutes. Think how many competitive postseason games he's been involved with to go on top of the regular season think about the fact that basically he dominates the ball during the course of of all the games that he's in so it's just a little bit something extra he doesn't have the luxury just running around trying to come off screens and somebody passing him the ball well yeah it happens but he plays best with the ball in his hands because he makes so many things happen and the, the statement you made about Soon he will be passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the greatest scorer in NBA history. It's mind-boggling to think that he's done that while accumulating, amassing the number of assists that he's had. This isn't a guy that, you know, games end, he's got 30 points and one assist. This is a guy that, you know, if he's getting his 30, he might have 10, 11 assists in a lot of these games along the way in, in the 20 years. He gets pleasure, he gets joy out of making the right pass and creating a good shot for a teammate. But at the same time, 
He knows he's capable of getting the bucket when he needs to get the bucket. So it it to me, it's it's just incredible what he's done. I think back and you and I talked this morning about going to watch him in high school mm-hmm. when he was at St. Vincent St. Mary's. And it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. No. I remember him playing that night. I can I can still see the game in my mind that night. And I remember to me. The, the biggest thing I took away from that was uh, Coach Joyce, if I'm correct. That, that yep, was Drew Joyce. St. Vincent, St. Mm-hmm. Mary's. He did not take the biggest, strongest, most talented guy and put him underneath the basket the whole night just to win games. He let LeBron develop those skills that he knew he had. He played him out on the perimeter so that he could find other teammates and and make the passes to him. And that was so important to the development of LeBron's game. And I I always credited Coach Joyce whenever I would speak at coaches' clinics or whatever. And I praised him for having the foresight of what this guy was going to be down the road and how you could best help him by letting him play in that role of facilitator instead of, Many high school coaches would take him, put him underneath the basket, throw him the ball every time. He would simply overpower. He was physically more imposing than everybody. Didn't ha- didn't happen that way. Yeah. I, that year, Mike, his senior year, I was in your role. I was the color analyst on pay-per-view games. His games were on pay-per-view. And it, it, was, it was funny to me that, that they were. And so I... I had the opportunity to see him play, I don't know, 20 times in, in high school. And it was weird to me because he used to warm up. He's, he shot so many shots, not just threes, but he was out around half court. And he's jacking up half court shots to warm up. And I always thought, especially when I hadn't seen him play very much, and I thought, what, what's he doing way out there? And he, I don't know what he was doing to this day. And then the game would start. And it was what you said. I couldn't believe this kid who was more physically imposing than everybody else took such pride in running an offense and passing the ball to the open man. And he was without question, the most physically imposing. I never saw anybody dominate the level of competition they were playing in, whether it be pro or college or whatever it was more than LeBron did in high school. And yet Mike, as you said, he could have done it even more if they had just pounded the ball to him inside. But his basketball IQ even then was something that stood out to me and really impressed me. Was was that, along with what you had talked about, where he was developing those skills facing the basket, is that what struck you most about him at, at that age? Very much so. Uh, his uh, court savvy, court awareness, his ability to look over, the entire court. He was, you know, steps ahead of everyone else, anticipating yeah. where the ball was going to go, where the pass was going to go, uh, to have the speed and quickness and strength that he had, that, that big locomotive coming down the court. And it wasn't chugging down the court. It was flying down the court with him controlling the basketball and then making the decision at the end whether to take it all the way, distribute the ball to a teammate, or pull up and take a jumper. And you remember early on, Jeff, you, if you were an opponent, uh, you were hoping that LeBron decided to shoot 20 jump shots because mm. he was not the greatest shooter uh, coming out of high school, but he could do everything else he wanted to do, 
get anywhere on the court. And he knew uh, to have great success in the NBA, he was going to have to become a better perimeter shooter, a better foul shooter, because that's where you get so many of your points when you're a prolific scorer. And he did those things. I mean, I <laughs> I can speak firsthand from games that we lost to LeBron's teams where he wound up making a huge three against us at the end of the game. And, you know, prior to those times, you'd be saying to yourself, I hope he shoots a three. <laughs> he did shoot him. He was making them. And that. He has an uncanny knack. And, you know, we saw it in the playoffs for years with the Cavaliers. And, and I agree with you, Mike. Wasn't a great shooter. I don't think he's a great shooter now. But he is a such a clutch shooter. And, and to me, that's a very strange thing because you don't see a lot of guys, I don't think, who are, are clutch shooters out of nowhere. I mean, great shooters, okay, guys can work on that maybe, and, and they're blessed, and, and they're really good. But this guy just has a knack for hitting the big shot like, like folks that you just don't see. Let me go back to something you said about greatest ever and passing Kareem. And, and that's if, if everything goes on schedule, that'll happen in January sometime. If LeBron doesn't miss games and everything, he averages about what he averages. But the assists that you mentioned, Mike, he's going to be, I think, top three all time in NBA in assists. Is that the thing that if you're going to talk about greatest players of all time? And I think it's really tough to pick one, you know, because. I mean, how do you say Wilt Chamberlain wasn't the greatest player? He couldn't be stopped. How do you say Kareem with the skyhook that couldn't be stopped? There, I, I love this debate and everything else. But LeBron being in it, is it the scoring? Is it the ability to pass the ball like he does, Mike? Is it the physical attributes combined with skill and IQ? What is it? Is there any one thing in, in your mind that has set him apart and has put him, if not number one or number two or number three, Certainly, and everybody has their own opinion, in the conversation is the greatest player ever. What, what is it? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When this conversation comes up, it seems like uh, people immediately go to the championships, the rings, how many of them. And then when they take it a step further, it's MVP of the championship series that you're in. How many of those do you have? And then everything else goes along with it. And, you know, the thing we have to remember is the greatness of the players before this new era that we have right now. Three-point shot wasn't as prevalent back when a number of these great players were playing. It wasn't used to the point where the team is taking 40 a night, 45 a night on the floor. And would they have been better three-point shooters? Um, the the care that's given to these players right now, to their bodies. Um, I was just watching, as you know, the Clipper broadcast against Orlando, and they were talking about Mo Wagner, uh, one of the brothers that play for Orlando. And over the summer, 
he was playing in international competition against Ivica Zubats, who plays for the Clippers, right. for the Clippers. And they're talking, and they brought up the conversation they had when he said to Zoo, look at what we have. He goes, people in Europe don't have all this. He goes, how can we not be thankful for everything they surround us with to help us try and be successful? He said, I don't get it when I listen to certain people that want more, feel like we don't have enough. He said, we have more than you can imagine if you come from another country and you come here and you're playing NBA basketball to see the medical staff, see the treatment people, the analytics people that say whether or not you should play that many minutes or not each night, you know, taking workload into consideration now. They don't have quite the same thing in other countries as we do here in the NBA. And I was really not in my head listening to them talk about it on TV, saying how fortunate they are. So these other players that are in the conversation of greatest of all time, you know, how good would they have been? How long would they have lasted if they had the same opportunities? It's a a great debate, and you can't go wrong when you debate it. I, I just think it's fun. LeBron at 38 coming up here, Mike, and the talk has been that All right. His son is a high school senior, I believe, right now. He'll have to go to college for a year or the G League or wherever he's going to play. And then if he's good enough, get a chance to play in the NBA. And the talk, of course, has been LeBron would want to play with his son in the NBA, which that that would be so cool. It would be fun to see. But he would be 40 during that season. And I used to think, man, good luck. You know, I mean, play 40 when you're 40 in the NBA, it's happened. A lot of guys have, have done it, but their games have, have slid, you know, quite a bit. Like John Stockton, and, and not that John wasn't good when he was 40 years old, but uh, there's a, a pretty good laundry list of guys who played that long, but they were certainly different players, Mike, than they were when they were during their heyday. And I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that LeBron could hit 40 and still be a pretty good version of what he is right now. Can you see him doing that? Being 40, 41 years old, still scoring 22, 23, 24 plus a game and passing the ball like he does? I I think it's a definite possibility. I think you're correct. Uh, Without question that he could be a 20-point scorer when he gets to age 40. I was blessed and had one of those players who uh, Kevin Willis? Atlanta. Uh, Kevin Willis, yeah. who I think played to 42 years old. Uh, I'm not sure if he turned 43 or not when he eventually retired, but Kevin kept himself in incredible shape, all right, at seven feet tall, uh, just a physical specimen who he understood how important his body was to him being able to play and was good enough to make teams and have coaches sign him and want him as a backup guy coming off the bench set screens, toughness, go rebound the basketball. And uh, why why not with LeBron? And and I think the key is, you know, is I, I couldn't tell you today how good his son is. I haven't seen him enough. I've seen uh, some of the highlights of him in certain games and everything. But I don't know if he's an NBA player right now. Yeah. And could he be? I, maybe. Uh, but that's the first thing. He's got to make the league 
so that LeBron has a chance to do that. It's going to be a, a fun thing to see in the next year or two as his son gets toward NBA age and LeBron gets 40 and, and beyond. So I, I wouldn't put it past either of them. They've done some amazing things. Just think of the commercials that'll start coming out. Then. <laughs> father and son playing together, the 40-year-old and the 18-year-old. Mike, it's endless, isn't it? I mean, endless commercial possibilities there. So that, that could be way too much fun.